For 27 years, the band Lowest of the Low has been on the Canadian music scene as the darlings of independent music. Their debut independent release, Shakespeare My Butt, reached gold status in Canada without major label support. You might remember songs like these. Something subversive about you and me. Cause there's a market value on love. We're getting something for free. Yeah. I see the whites of their eyes. Sometimes you'll find your senses all disjointed by the lines and wires. Singer-songwriter Ron Hawkins, who, over 27 years, being one of the most revered indie bands in the country, has done the unthinkable side of major label deal. Ron, congratulations on your new relationship with Warner Music Canada. My overnight success, yeah, I know. <laughs> 27 years at it. Was it a big deal for you to, to sign to a major label after being so fiercely independent? Yeah, well, it was uh, you know like I think the the real thing that uh, tipped the balance was meeting uh, meeting up with Steve Kane, who's the president of Warner, and just finding out that he's like a sixteen year old kid, like he's uh, such a music fan, and so excited still to talk about anything music, you know that uh, it really was contagious, and he felt like somebody who we could understand, you know, and and the thing that sent it home was when we signed with them, he said, "Can you send me a blurb?" you know, to say, like, you know, we've joined the Warner family. And so I wrote this thing that said, uh, you know, after 27 years of bloody warfare, uh, <laughs> the lowest of the low have accepted Warner's unconditional surrender. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and the fact that I, I, I sent that as a joke, right. uh, thinking that, you know, that I would send the real one after, but he got such a kick out of it that we just decided to go with it. And I thought, well, you know, there you go. That sort of proves that we made the right decision. We're home, you know. Do you still scratch your head over, you know, 27 years ago, an independent album goes gold. That's unheard of. And you've still managed to keep the band together, to keep successful, to keep forward momentum, uh, all on your, on your own. Yeah, I mean, it's, it takes a village anyway. It's like, it's certainly not on our own, but I mean, I know what you're saying on, on our own steam anyway, and, and with our own pig headed, uh, insistence on doing it the way we want to do it. But, uh, that said, you know, we've also had, you know, countless people, uh, publicists and managers and, you know, even people inside the, the the major labels and stuff like that that have helped us along the way. Right. Clearly people at the edge and stuff like that on radio, Bookman and uh, Alan Cross and people like that, that, you know, we never could have done this just because we're this plucky and stubborn, you know, like it really still takes people to help you along. I have to congratulate you. Last summer, Lowest of the Low performed at Meaford Hall to a mm-hmm. packed house, and boy, you delivered. Everyone was having a great time. Oh, great! You know, that's yeah, that's the litmus test for us. Is like you know, because when you're when you're at our age and when you've been a band this long, I mean, you know, witness the Stones coming back and playing another show. It's like you know, if you're going to do that, then it's at least for us, it's really uh, incumbent on us to make sure that everybody leaves feeling like they saw you know a good blood pump and rock show because you know the minute it just becomes a, a reflex then we'll we'll have to stop right you're coming to collingwood uh well you're playing tonight at uh, the crow it's part of their crow sessions it's sort of an intimate and interactive show uh jeff woods will be there talking to you about your music uh, yeah. this is interesting does it feel weird to step outside of the lowest of the low framework 
No, not at all, because, I mean, you know, wrapped around my career has been, you know, when we were starting the low, I was going out during the day with uh, with our bass player at the time and busking on the street. He was playing with the stand-up bass, and I was playing the same Takamini guitar that I play now. And, uh, you know, so I, I road-tested a lot of songs in the street, just busking all day. So I feel like that's always been a part of it. And then I've always done solo shows, you know, uh, one one that I do regularly in town was at a place called Graffiti's, which is Capacity 40. You know, and I, I like that sort of, as a singer-songwriter, that kind of intimate thing, you know, pin drop kind of crowd is, is also uh, a blessing that I get to do on top of the big rock shows, you know? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the show because of what you said. I mean, every time I've seen Lois and Lowe, it is a full-on rock show. But mm-hmm. when you listen to the albums, you are really a singer-songwriter, and once you get a relationship with the songs, I mean, I can hear them as an acoustic song. So I'm really looking forward to hearing your interpretation of them uh, sort of stripped down because there's a lot of, you put a lot of importance to the lyrics in the songs. Sure. And, you know, so that's one aspect of it is that you, it's much easier to hear the stories and the lyrics. I I, I tend to introduce the songs with much more uh, storytelling and things like that than I can do when we're, when we've got the whole band. Right. Because then you've got a bunch of guys standing around waiting to play the songs, right? <laughs> And, uh, you know, so that's, and also, you know, even just things like singing, like it's it's a treat for me to sing with Lawrence and Lois Lowe because we sing really well together. But when I'm doing that, you know, the parts are very set in stone because you can't, you've got somebody else singing with you, so you right. can't really play with them too much. Whereas in an acoustic scenario, I can kind of play with the melodies a bit and change things around if I want, stretch things out, you know, it's a little more elastic. 27 years in the business uh you what have you learned what's the the most important thing you've learned over these years i think probably just stick to itiveness and you know stick to your guns i i would certainly say over the 27 years that we've made mistakes and we've and we've had successes and victories and as i said you know we've had fellow travelers that have helped us out we've had enemies but i think the thing that has gotten us through all of this is that we have a vision of what we want the band to be and sometimes what look like mistakes in the short run turn out to be just part of the character arc of the band. And, you know, they make sense in the, in the big picture. They just don't make sense on the day. To, you know, for instance, to turn down Molson Canadian when they're offering you a huge amount of money to use <laughs> one of your songs. And you say, you know, and eight, eight middle fingers go up. Right. You know, so that looks like a mistake to my, my dad because he's like, they're going to pay you $100,000, you know, yeah. but for our band. It was not a mistake. And. You know, I, I certainly had some sleepless nights in around the time we were doing that. But with sure. looking back on it now, you know, as my my very uh, eloquent daughter, who's 12 years old, a few years ago, she said to me, "Yeah, but Dad, you know, now you would have spent all that money, and then you'd only just be living with the fact that you did something you didn't want to do, mm. and you wouldn't have that money now anyway, right?" What so, is your re- your relationship with your songs? I mean, obviously, turning down that kind of money, you, you feel there's an importance to the songs. I, is it because you feel that it's important to the songs in your relationship to the audience? Yeah, there's a commitment to me to add something to the culture other than more uh, shoe sale salesmanship. Yeah. You know, like like all the bands that I really respect. Uh, took a stand, you know, like the bands that made me want to be in a band like The Clash or, you know, even John Lennon and people like that. There are people who took stands on things that, you know, possibly weren't weren't even uh, popular stands, but they meant something to them because they were doing something more than just making pop songs. You know, they were they were trying to to roll up their sleeves and be part of the community and do something positive for the community. So, you know, that that sounds like it's a big it's a big thing to take on and maybe it's a bit of a pretentious thing to consider yourself doing but that's the way i see it you know 
do you feel that you you can still have that sentiment now that you're going in on your first major label album and uh i understand it's practically done yeah yeah and well i mean here's here's for instance here's an here's an example i mean we're on warner as i said steve kane has been a big uh a big supporter of us and we had uh you know this this record is that's coming out from the low is called agitpop and it's uh based on the fact that there's 14 songs on there uh there's a lot of very angry political songs on the record uh, sort of capital P political songs, which I haven't done for a while. And there are a couple of, you know, very um, touchy subjects. There's one called The Barricade. There's a lot of songs about revolution and a lot of songs about changing things and discussing how you do that. And, you know, the funny thing is we had some debates about certain songs maybe being too volatile or whatever, and then Steve Kane, the president, was the guy who said, no, no, that song's got to go on, you know? Mm. And so it's like we had the label, you know, sort of pushing us to put the most uh, aggressive, volatile songs on the record. You know? So who changed the most, lowest of the low or the record companies? I, I think we both just outlasted <laughs> the you know the need like the, like when when we say record company, I'm kind of thinking of the old school ones in the 70s and the 80s and in the early 90s right. where they were a real force in society. Like you know they were the gatekeepers, right? Right. And I feel like you know now that we're all, it's almost like in the depression or something. Like everybody's you know, fighting for scraps and trying to support each other in the ways they can. And I think that the major labels, you know, like everybody's hurting, you know, yeah. the, the big labels are, are fighting for their relevance. So I think that that's brought us together in a way that we weren't maybe when they were the major empires they were, you know. Well, we're looking forward to Los of the Lowe's first major label release. We are certainly looking forward to seeing Ron Hawkins tonight at The Crow, part of The Crow Sessions. Ron, thank you so much for spending the time with us here on Talk of the Town. Yeah, you too, John. Thank you very much.